Hello, and welcome to another episode of Problem Solved. I'm James Swisher, Director of Continuing Education for IISE. We have a unique episode rooted in history, chance, and the 2022 Applied Ergonomics Conference in Orlando, where a keynote speaker and a conference attendee discovered an important connection that ties the two through decades past. So, Mike, Eric, you guys want to introduce yourselves? Okay, I guess I'll go first. Um, my name is Mike Ha. I'm the senior EHS manager for Abbott, and I'm responsible for global ergonomics and fleet safety for the vascular division. We have uh, manufacturing sites and sales office and sales personnel uh, in many parts of the world, and my responsibility um, f- uh, is for the safety and ergo uh, at their workplaces and uh, on the road also. Awesome. Thanks so much for being with us today, Mike. Eric, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, I'm Eric Fowler. I'm a retired Air Force chief <clears throat> with about 27 years experience, but I've been involved in ergonomics for about 12 years. I worked for a DOD contractor, uh, Saris Engineering Services, and we support Robbins Air Force Base in, in the aircraft depot arena. Uh, I run a team of four ergonomic technicians, and we do roughly about 800 ergonomic assessments a year. So we stay pretty busy for a team of four. <laughs> it sounds like you stay very busy. <laughs> That's awesome, Eric. Thanks for being part of today's episode and for joining us. Mike, I'm going to I'm going to start with you uh, at your keynote at the conference. You talked to us about what it was like growing up in Vietnam and and what led you to the U.S. Would you mind for those who weren't at the conference uh, or listening to the podcast? Would you mind sharing a little bit of that story with us? Sure. Um, I grew up in Vietnam um, with my parents and my two sisters. One is older and one is younger. And uh, I lived in Vietnam until I was 13 years old. Um, the war was going on, um, but we live a, a peaceful and uh, prosperous life. I went to one. I went to one of the best schools in Vietnam and had a lot of friends and activities. So we really never saw the war except for one time in 1968, where the communists attacked uh, South Vietnam and um, and during the Tet Offensive, which was the Vietnamese New Year. So. But South Vietnam uh, survived that, and we continue on. Uh, but then um, uh, the communists in 1975, in the spring of 1975, again attacked South Vietnam. And um, South Vietnam was losing the war, um, and um, everyone was trying to escape. So um, um, one of my uh, father's American friends agreed to help take me out. He couldn't take the whole family. So he, he agreed to just take me out. And uh, we left on um, one of the last flights out of Vietnam. We barely made it out because uh, um, the next day after I left, uh, the communists bombed the, the runway and um, uh, there were just, they couldn't take off anymore. But um, um, <clears throat> two days later, then, um, South Vietnam fell and, and the war ended. Um, the thing, uh, as part of my story, I told about 
getting on a C-130 uh, transport plane uh, from the U.S. military. It's the workhorse of the uh, U.S. military in carrying troops and supplies and things like that. Um, it normally carries, um, I think, about 90 uh, troops. But on that flight, on that faithful flight, uh, early uh, in the morning, I think there were more than 300 of the refugees on on the plane. Wow. And um, again, I was the only one of my family uh, to escape Vietnam um, at that time. Um, I told this story as part of my speech and um, at the uh, Applied Ergo Conference in, in March. And I think that's how um, my connection with Eric started. So. That's awesome, Mike. And then after after you got to the U.S., you you wound up in a, with a career in ergonomics. What? How did you wind up in ergonomics? How did you wind up at Abbott? Yeah, I um, started school at uh, Texas A and M in um, 1979 and graduated in 1983, and then um, as uh, with a degree in industrial engineering. So I started working with Hager Apparel apparel company in Dallas, and then eventually um, got to um, to work with uh, Johnson & Johnson um, five years after that. So um, when I started working with uh, Johnson & Johnson in, in Arlington, Texas, just, just outside of Dallas, um, um, they needed someone to uh, work um, with the ergonomics program. And since I, I had the industrial engineering background with the human factor courses and things like that. Um, I was asked to uh, to be the uh, the company ergonomics coordinator, and that's when I started doing ergonomics. That was um, I'm trying to think maybe 1988. That's when I started it uh, doing ergonomics, and uh, I was with uh, J and J for 20 years. Uh, after that, I joined Abbott, and that's how um, I got started um, in ergonomics. And during my career, um, I got um, additional um, degree, uh, Master of Industrial Engineering, um, uh, with the emphasis with uh, in safety and ergonomics. And also, I got board um, um, certifications with uh, the professional ergonomics certifications. Wow. Quite a journey, Mike. I mean, from being on that plane with 300 people, just making it out on time uh, to the career and the experiences that you've had, man, that is, it's, it's really inspiring. Um, it's been quite a ride. It has. <laughs> <laughs> it has. <laughs> and, 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 you know, during my journey, I got on the C-130 and then I got on the C-141, which is was a bigger plane, uh, and we flew that from, I think, Hawaii to Fort Chaffee, Arkansas. Arkansas. That's uh, that's was um, the uh, refugee camp that uh, the um, U.S. Army had set up for us. Wow, and and I think you're still you're still doing things to to help your your native land. You're still uh, you've got a program to help donate safety helmets to children in Vietnam. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, and I have been um uh helping um in in with charity uh to help the children of Vietnam I've been doing that for 
for more than 20 years. Um, in 1990, I, I got to go back to Vietnam to see my parents and my my uh, sisters for the first time after 15 wow. years. Um, Vietnam was closed off and it was it was horrible. Um, the communists uh, made everybody equal, but equally poor. So, we didn't, <laughs> you know, family didn't have enough food to eat. Right. They had to sell off their belongings and their homes and just to survive. But um, in 1990, I got back to Vietnam and saw them for the first time. And, you know, during that trip, I saw um, so many children in the street suffering. Um, and and I made a promise at that time that I would, um, if, when I have the opportunity to come back and help uh, the children of Vietnam. So uh, I got um, hooked up with a, a, a charity called Project Vietnam. And we go back um, on medical missions um, uh, twice a year uh, and provide uh, medical services, surgeries and things like that for the children and the poor of Vietnam. So, um, and um, when I joined Abbott um, um, back in 2008, um, um, that was the start of my career at Abbott. And uh, eight years ago, they, they started a, a program uh, to provide helmets to the school children, the young school children, elementary school children um, in very poor areas in uh, of Vietnam or um, in the suburban area. Um, we picked the schools uh, that are high risk in terms of traffic. They got major highway going through there and trucks and things like that. So um, and the, the school children of Vietnam, they don't have uh quality helmets, they have substandard helmets that they buy off, you know, the stores and they're not designed to protect the, the head of the children right. when when they fall in, in cases of crashes. So um, so Abbott uh, started this program eight years ago. And because I was uh, fluent in Vietnamese, um, I, I was asked to be um, the, the first contingent to go back to Vietnam and get the, uh, the program rolling. So, um, and um, we have done that um, every year, uh, except for the last few years because of the pandemics. But uh, um, since, uh, since that time, we've given out uh, 40,000 helmets to, to school wow. children. And it really, it's really um, a program that I'm, uh, that I love because it it basically combined my two passion of helping helping the children and also safety. Um, right. So that, that was a, just a perfect program for me to be uh, involved with, and we're hoping that we can restart that program. Um, you know, very soon uh, once the pandemic is um, is over. Absolutely. That's really fantastic, Mike. It has to be so rewarding to be able to, to give back like that. Um, and in an, in a way that fits your, the way your career has gone in a safety, from a safety perspective. Right. right. Yeah. That's really awesome. What a story, man. So, uh, I, I don't want our listeners to forget the first part of that story when Mike boarded the C-130. Don't forget that part. Because <laughs> we're going to come back to that. <laughs> but we're going to take a quick detour and learn a little bit more about how these stories interconnect. Um, we're going to start with with Eric. Uh, Eric Fowler, thanks for, for being with us today. <laughs> 
So you've, you've got an interesting story to tell us too, right? So you, you were in the air force and, uh, and have, um, had a long career and now a career in ergonomics. Tell us a little bit about, about your background, what led you into the, into the military and what led you into your career in ergonomics? Well, uh, coming in the military, uh, I was living in New Orleans and loving, loving New Orleans, loved working in restaurants. <clears throat> but that was back in the early 80s when the, uh, uh, the oil industry kind of took a nosedive and a lot of the restaurants in New Orleans uh, uh, closed down. So uh, I had bills to pay. And so I looked at the military and I was a military brat. So I understood uh, military. And the, the, the door opened and I joined the Air Force. And uh, when I joined, I made a commitment uh, to myself that I was going to stick it out for at least 20 years. And it ended up being uh, right under 27 and had a great, great career. Uh, traveled the world, didn't get a chance, Mike, to go over to Vietnam. Uh, the closest I think I got was uh, Hawaii. So, <laughs> but um, uh but traveled all over the world, uh, raised a family, three boys, and uh, uh, finished my career here in Georgia in the military. And uh, great career. But I looked back on my military career and I was like, what did I really enjoy doing? And uh, it was a time in my life where I was starting a second uh, career. And uh, what really excited me was uh, helping people uh, as I as I progressed in rank and made, uh, uh, made my rank and became the chief enlisted manager. It was all about taking care of people and managing resources. And, uh, so when I started my civilian career, I wanted to do something to help people. And, uh, uh, so I started working in a nonprofit, just helping uh, the poor here in middle Georgia. And then a gentleman one day at church stopped me and he, uh, he was building his ergonomic program up on the Air Force Base. And he stopped me because he knew my background and he knew he knew me. And he says, hey, uh, he says, I'm building up my ergonomic program. He says, would you be interested? And I was like, what's ergonomics? <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea what ergonomics was. <laughs> all my all, all my military career, you know, I was in logistics, uh, but I but I took care of facilities. I did process improvement. I did safety. So I did ergonomics. I just didn't know what ergonomics was. And uh, he looked at me that day and he says, it's helping people. Oh, that's a great answer. And when he said that, James, I knew it was the right place for me. So I came on board and uh, helped build up the ergonomic program here at Robbins Air Force Base. I've been helping people. I've been helping uh, what we refer to as the warfighter. We're trying to get these planes. Uh, back in the air so they can help the war fighter downrange. And uh, I've been impressed all these years with the workforce here at Robbins because they'll take an aircraft like the C-130. Uh, they'll take it down to bare bones and uh, rebuild it and restore it. And uh, when you see them flying, you just have to appreciate the artisans here, you know, in middle Georgia. And I have an opportunity to help make sure that their uh, work areas are safe and ergonomically, ergonomically friendly. And That's wonderful. Uh, uh, so uh, it's been a great career for me. Uh, I could ask for a better second career in my season of life that I'm in right now. And uh, I'm just very thankful 
that that gentleman that had the vision to start an ergonomic program at Robbins asked me to join him. We're the actually we're the only ergonomic program in the Air Force. Wow! So we're kind of unique uh, when it comes to uh, having a a full fledged uh, with a with an operating budget ergonomic program. Wow, that's incredible! Oh, gosh, thank you for your service to our country, and thank you for your service at Robbins. I'm glad I'm glad he was able to convince you that ergonomics was a, <laughs> a worthwhile career. <laughs> I tell you. All he had to say was, "It's helping people." Yeah, and uh, and that's kind of reinforced to me almost every day. You know, working working in this uh, career field. That's awesome. Well, you mentioned that one of the one of the fleets that your team maintains, coming full circle back to Mike, you guys maintain the C one thirties, right? Yes, sir, we do. And actually, the the C one thirty actually uh, came into the Air Force inventory back in nineteen fifty eight. So, you know, we uh, we go back to 1975, Mike, when they were flying out of Vietnam. Uh, they, they've been in service for a while, and you're absolutely right. The C-130 is the workhorse for the Air Force and has moved millions of tons of cargo and passengers, and uh, uh, and it's still, it's still doing it today. You know, uh, when Mike and I were talking, uh, he mentioned the C-141. And the C-141 was actually maintained here at Robbins Air Force Base 2. And uh, it had a 40-year life expectancy. And Mike, I didn't know it at the time when we were talking at the conference, but the uh, it was 2006 when the C-141 actually retired. So after you flew on it, you know, uh, it, it, had, it still had a life, uh, long lifespan, right? So from 75 to 2006, so the C-141 uh, had a lo- long lifespan, but the uh, 130 is still going strong. It's <laughs> 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 uh, amazing. You know, I was reading the other day that, uh, um, you know, it's, I think it's a C-130J now, right? right? And it's, uh, they've gone through so m- many iterations. And, you know, as you said, it's, it started during the Korean War and now we're, went to the Ukraine war and it's, uh, you know, 80 years later and it's still <laughs> running. So. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the questions that you asked me, Mike, uh, and I didn't have the answer. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure you remember, you know, uh, but it, it really struck, struck a chord with me because it was a memory that you carried ever since you were on that 130 flying out of Saigon. And you asked me about the door, the ramp being open. Do mm-hmm. you remember? Yep, yep. And um, and I didn't know. Can you mention that? And then I'll just kind of let you know what I found out since then. Okay. Can you share that memory? That was an awesome memory. Yeah. Uh, you know, when when I talked to you, I think I think we made the connection because um, because of the C one thirty, but I I think also because of our appreciation for the U.S. military and the sacrifices that our brave men and women um, in the armed forces uh, that that help not only with the military side of it, but also the humanitarian side of it. You know, I escaped Vietnam because because of their help. And one of the the vivid memory that I had was that the um, when the 
C-130 took off. It was kind of circling Saigon, but the the back ramp door was open. And there was a serviceman there standing um, at that ramp looking out. And, 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 you know, it had always been in the back of my mind, what's going on? Why was that ramp open? And I, 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 you know, after the conference, then I start doing more research on it. And I think, I think I came to find out, maybe I'm disclosing the story that you're going to tell, but I think what I found out was that he was there looking out so that if a rocket on the ground is shooting up um, at the plane, he would be able to tell the the uh, the pilot to evade and also shoot the flare out so that it hopefully it's attracts the, uh, the the missile from hitting the plane. And I mean, these men and women put their lives on the line for us. And I mean, I <clears throat> through my journey, I, I you know, I feel like. America opened the opportunity for myself to be who I wanted to be. And I, I just owe so much to this amazing country that, you know, every day I'm thankful to be an American and thankful for the, the, the people in the armed forces that keep our country safe. I think you're spot on because I've talked to a lot of folks that actually worked on the 130s and a lot of veterans that actually flew. I didn't find one that flew out of Saigon, uh, but uh, that was one of those scenarios that you mentioned was to be able to protect you and and the, the folks that were on that airplane. That was their number one priority was to protect you and to get to get you to safe to safety. And uh you know, that's 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 what our armed forces is all about. I uh, uh, I had a brother that served in the Marine Corps in Vietnam and uh, uh, and I had a, had a chance to share your story to him. And uh, he remembers he remembers that, you know, because he was over there during that time period. And uh, and he's got a he's got a son now that's currently serving in the U.S. Embassy. Mm-hmm. So your story really strikes a chord with our family. And uh, uh, since we've talked, when I'm out of the base and I go talk to the C-130 guys and I'm doing an ergonomic assessment, guess what I'm, guess what story I'm telling them? I'm telling the story <laughs> of, of my car and how, how uh, the C-130, uh, you know, uh, brought you out of danger and your, your, your great story is an inspiration. That's why I was so inspired when I heard your story, because uh, my my older brother that was a Marine in Vietnam in 1980 uh, through the Catholic agency in New Orleans, he adopted uh, a Vietnam refugee. And so my, one of my nephews, Tom, is is one of the boat people that came after you left. Mm-hmm. Uh, my company president from service engineering services out of Charleston, his family left Vietnam in a boat. Uh, that was too small, that was on the water for uh, five days, five, five days and four nights. Uh, and they got to Malaysia. And uh, months later, they got to the United States. So my company president uh, has a connection to your story. Mm-hmm. So, so when, I, when I heard you speak at the conference, 
it hit home and it still hits home to me. And, uh, uh, and I'm just very thankful for, for your story because I'm sharing it. And, uh, uh, and you're spot on when you talk about our military, you know, because even though that 141's retired, the C-17 aircraft did the same thing in uh, Ukraine that it did for, for you and your family in Vietnam. And so the Air Force is still doing those missions. And it's something that uh, we're very proud of. Wow. You know, so I'm, I'm just, I'm just amazed by all the, all the connections <laughs> in your two stories. You know, we've got two people who, who grew up in different parts of the world, both became safety professionals, took different paths to get there and have all these connections. Not, not the least of which is that with nearly a hundred percent certainty, you both have laid hands on the same C-130 and, oh, maybe, the so. same, <laughs> and, and maybe the same C-141. So um, it's just, it's unbelievable. And, and uh, Eric, you, you did something special to commemorate that at the conference. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what you brought Mike? Yeah, James. Um, first of all, you know, Mike, when I, when I did, um, what I wanted to do, you know, is because you're an inspiration and, uh, uh, and I, I could tell by the way you presented, uh, your, your story, uh, how much the military and how much, you know, that C-131, I mean, C-130 was a lifeline to you and to your success and to your family. And, uh, uh, being a, a veteran, I always keep a, a, a military coin on my person. Um, and, uh, uh, and, uh, uh, fortunately I had that coin that actually had the, uh, Robbins Air Force, Air Force Base anniversary coin is what we call it. The 80th anniversary, uh, coin. And it actually had, uh, the C-130 on the coin <laughs> and, um, a beautiful design coin. But, uh, but I just wanted to present it to you man to man, you know, I, how this evolved. I think is, is, is a wonderful thing because, uh, people can hear your story, you know, uh, and, uh, uh, but I, it was just an honor to me, uh, being an air force veteran and knowing that, that, that aircraft is still being worked on and is still flying, is still saving lives and is, and you're a representation of other lives that are going to be saved in the future that are going to make this country even better than it is today. And so it was an honor to me to, uh, to give you that token uh, uh, of Robbins Air Force Base and the Air Force. And James, I wanted to thank your staff because I didn't know how to get a hold of my, actually when I, I couldn't, after you spoke, I couldn't uh, go up front and, and find you right then because I was kind of emotional. <laughs> I kind of had to gather myself and so that's when I went down to your staff at the registration desk and say, Hey, how can I get a hold of the guest speaker, Mike? You know, and, <laughs> and then, thank well, you and then when you told me the story, I got emotional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, um, I think James, uh, when I saw you and you told me that someone was looking for me and he had uh, a gift for me and I was, so it was, there was a built up of like, who, who wants to talk to me and what, <laughs> what he's, what he's wanting to give me, you know, and, and, and it, it turned out that that was just that beautiful, um, incredible coin that, um, 
you know, it 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 really moved me uh, because of the the human connections, and uh, and the coin w- was something that's tangible that connect back to that fateful day that I left Vietnam when I got on the C one thirty, and 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 you know, it's it's that connections. And it represents a milestones in our lives. You know, for me, it was getting on that plane. For Eric, it was working at the Air Force Base and servicing all these planes, military planes. And so it just it was just a, a special, special connection that we we had the opportunity to come together and 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 you know see the intertwine of our lives through these um to the through the planes and the coin and the conference that we were attending everything just kind of came together yes yes it did yes talk about a a true ergonomic story right i you know (laughs) eric told us earlier that ergonomics means helping people and um you know, both of you just epitomize that helping others. Um, and, and the fact that you guys were able to connect, uh, gosh, it, <laughs> it brings tears to my eyes right now. It's, it's just an amazing story. Uh, and thank you both so much for, for sharing that story with me. And I'm, I'm just honored, <laughs> honored to have played some small part in, in knowing about it. And, and I'm glad we were able to, to connect the two of you. It's it just a just a wonderful story and a wonderful connection and uh, to be a part of it. Thank you. Thank you, Mike, for sharing sharing your story. Uh, uh, outside of your singing at the conference, um, what an inspiration! Your singing is an inspiration too. Now I enjoyed that singing a little bit at the conference, but uh, uh, your story, sir. Uh, my hats off to you and. You have someone in Georgia uh, that is uh, sharing your story and letting the uh, the workforce know that, hey, the work that they're doing on that aircraft today uh, made a difference for a friend of mine in California uh, years ago, and, and it's going to make a difference for somebody else. So you're an inspiration to those guys that are working on that aircraft today, uh, because I'm going to make sure that your story is told. Thank you, Eric. And, I, you know, I. When I think back, there's, there's just so many stories like mine. Um, and, you know, I, I just fortunate that I, have, uh, I had the opportunity to tell my stories. But there are thousands of stories like that for people that came out of Vietnam. Uh, my wife escaped um, from Vietnam on a boat. So she she was one of those boat people. And we didn't know each other until we met here in America. You know, so. There's so many stories like that. And, um, um, you know, just just thankful that I, I had the opportunity to tell the story. But uh, you made a promise to me that um, if I can get to Georgia, you would give me a, a tour of uh, the Air Force Base and get me to get on one of these one C- C-130. So I yes, am sir. so looking forward to that. <laughs> Roger that. It's a uh, it'll be it'll be my honor and it'd be nice to have somebody video it i don't know if that that will happen or not but uh, we'll definitely get a photo shoot though of you and me on the plane so okay 
Yes, it sounds like a deal. Well, <laughs> wow. Well, I, I have to say you both are inspirations to me. Um, what a wonderful story. What two wonderful people. Um, uh, really glad to, to have met, met you both and learned uh, about your histories. And yeah, it's amazing how many connections we have in this life. And I'm so glad you're able to share that your passion for, for safety and, and your passion for helping others. With that, any thoughts on what's next for each of you in your profession and how do you want to help others moving forward? Abbott is continuing to acquire companies. So um, we get new companies and new products. And part of my job is to help getting these companies up to speed. And uh, so that's um, that's uh, going to keep me busy for a while. Um, <laughs> and and um, also I'm I'm coming up to retirement age. So I'm I'm almost 61 now. So I got two to four years uh, <laughs> to go. Um, I'm uh, building up the bench strength for ergonomics for Abbott and uh, also grooming uh, potential candidates to to um, replace me when I, uh, when it's time for me to move on. So um, to the next phase of my life, uh, but I mean, I've been doing ergonomics for gosh, since 1988. So it's been uh, a number of years. So um, uh, it's, um, it's amazing. Well, I bet I bet you won't stop doing ergonomics even when you retire, and I'm sure you won't stop helping others. <laughs> right, right, and, and, and you know one of one of the things that I plan to do is um, when I retire is to to go back to Vietnam and live uh, there. You know, part of the year, maybe six months out of the year, and uh, and do continue to do charity work, and that's, that's wonderful. Uh, it's ingrained in me that um, you know. I, I, I'm going to live a full life, uh, hopefully, and uh, a full life of helping people. That's wonderful. How about for you, Eric? Well, I'm going to do a few more years here at Robbins with the ergonomic program. Uh, it's, uh, we're setting examples for the Air Force. We're getting uh, visitor, visitors in all the time, and we're just hoping to uh, benchmark our program uh, so it can be applied elsewhere. Uh, we're, uh, there's a lot of work to be done. Uh, and, uh, right now I got a team that's very passionate and we're constantly out helping the workforce. So it's, it's one of those things that I, I, I like to retire, uh, but I'm having too much fun, you know, uh, <laughs> with, with it. And, uh, uh, but, uh, when, so I'm gonna stick it out at Robbins, you know, and then when it's, when it's time to go, I'll, I'll uh, pass the mantle like Mike was talking. Uh, but the, uh, uh, when I retire, uh, I'm really into history. I'm actually a treasure hunter. Uh, that's my big hobby. Oh, wow. So, uh, I'll be probably going all over doing that. But a big part of my hobby as a treasure hunter is telling stories because you hear so many wonderful stories across America. Right. And, uh, now I've got Mike's story to share. Uh, when I when I'm out and about and I don't take that uh, lightly uh, at all. I feel like uh, uh, that uh, it's my responsibility as a good steward, uh, not only, you know, in my career uh, doing ergonomics, but when people tell me their life stories, I want to be a good steward and actually share that and make sure that that uh, 
ripple effect that Mike's success started, that it, it ripples over here in Georgia and places that I go because everybody needs to be inspired. Right. So, uh, so that's, that's my, uh, that's my passion that I'm going to move forward with. That's awesome. And, and I know Mike's story inspired me and your joint story together inspires me too. And so I, <laughs> I, I can't thank both of you enough for, for taking time to share this story with others. Um, you guys are, are true inspirations and uh, just wonderful people to know. So I, I really, really appreciate all the, <laughs> all the time and energy that each of you has put into your profession and helping others from a safety perspective, uh, but also inspiring others and, and building those human relationships because that's really what it's all about. So thank you both so much. Thank you, James. Thank you so much, James. And thank you, uh, the Institute, for having us uh, on this podcast. You've been listening to Problem Solved, the IISE podcast, a production of the Institute of Industrial and Systems Engineers in Norcross, Georgia. We hope you'll share this and other Problem Solved episodes with your friends and colleagues. Learn more about sponsorship and advertising opportunities, as well as how you can become a member of IISE by visiting podcast.iise.org. 